0: The Jerry Depoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports Station. Well, let's do it. Jerry DiPoto uh, joins us every week at this time. And Jerry, I don't think the team's lost since we talked last. That's uh, usually a good sign. They're uh, playing some pretty darn good baseball, huh?
1: it's been so much fun to watch and uh you know every day you feel like we're going to pull something out and it, it's it's every single one of our players is finding a way to to chip in and contribute to good outcomes for sure.
0: You know, it, it sort of got uh lost after yesterday's fun wins, but I wanted to go back to the the two Carlos Santana games where you know he's a new addition and you know he'd been hitting and I, I we've heard a lot about what he's done in the clubhouse and the veteran presence, etc. But seeing him with a couple of games in a row where he really contributed like that, what what kind of a lift was that for the team?
1: I have a pretty big lift, you know. It's we obviously with the the looming suspensions at the time and and Ty France's injury, it was a a pretty I, I guess looking back on it, a pretty pivotal addition to our team. And and the thing that that really find to have been difference making is the way our group you know the other 25 players embraced him in the clubhouse and how easily carlos slid into the room and became just a great resource for for so many of our players you know the young ones and and the veterans alike.
0: How much did you know about him, personality-wise, before you acquired him? I mean, when you're acquiring a guy like that mid-season, is it about his numbers and what you think he can do offensively, or or are you able to take into account and learn enough about who he is and what it'll be like in the clubhouse?
1: Yeah, we we had plenty of time. We we've actually spent you know multiple years uh, with the, the notion of of wanting to have Carlos on our club, so. You know, this dates back to, you know, maybe as far back as 2018 and certainly 2019. We recruited him as a free agent, uh, and, and went down that road of possibility. Obviously, we've, we traded for him once before. And frankly, when we traded for him, we didn't believe in that moment that we were immediately going to spin him in a different direction, hmm. uh, back to the Indians. That was, uh, that was an acquisition to, to bring Carlos in for the, the makeup. Frankly, you know, we were, starting out a rebuild and and we were excited to to have his presence on that team
0: oh that's kind of interesting i, I guess i had always assumed that when you acquired him the the intention was to deal him uh because that was sort of as the rebuild was starting right i mean that's sort of one of the moves right near the beginning so if i understand what you're saying is is really that was supposed to be sort of a veteran to help with the clubhouse along the way
1: that's right. You no, know, when we, when we made that deal, if you remember the timing, when we made that deal, we still had Robinson Cano. We had not yet made the, you know, the Gene Sugar and JP Crawford trade. Uh, that, that was all happening at the same time. You know, and, and when Carlos came over with JP, you know, the, the idea was that we were still going to have a, a, a veteran base on that team with some others that were still there at the time. And, it's when we got to the winter meetings that year, that was when uh, the interest in, in Carlos popped up and ultimately the, mm-hmm. the, three-way deal that sent him to Cleveland uh, ultimately uh, kind of occurred.
0: Hey, we got the news uh, yesterday that Julio is going to be participating in the home run derby. How, how will that be for you to watch as a, as a person in your position?
1: I'm um, pumped. You know, he, 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 he and his agent Ulysses Cabrera called me on uh, a Saturday before uh, the final game of our series with the Blue Jays, and and told me that this was a possibility, and and they were wondering uh what 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 we thought, what I thought, and I couldn't have been happier for him. I, I think it's an awesome opportunity for the rest of the, the baseball world, and and even non-baseball fans who tend to tune in to to the big events like that to get a chance to to familiarize themselves with, with Julio, his personality. And that home run contest with his smile, and just the, whether he performs well in the event or not, I think you will people will embrace Julio's personality for sure.
0: How, how could they not? I, I mean, that's really the thing. I, I'm one of those people who gets a little nervous about players participating in stuff like this because of the you know the Bobby Abreu's and the judges and some of that stuff in the past. But with his personality, it, it just feels like you can't you can't keep them away from doing things like this that almost have like a childlike joy to them.
1: That's the thing is it, is it falls in line so much with who Julio is and, and he hasn't shied away from the big moments and he, he hasn't melted in the spotlight. He's thrived. And, and I, I think that for a player of his age with, with his energy and his passion for what he's doing and, and his general likability, there's and he bounces back so quickly. It's uh, it's we've talked about it before. Maybe you know resiliency, the baseball IQ, the learning. You know, I, I guess the 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 aptitude that he has is uh, pretty phenomenal. And my guess is that he'll go and he will enjoy it and. And whether it's productive or not, for a, as a whether he wins the contest or not is almost secondary to the experience for him.
0: Were you surprised that Ty France uh, wasn't added when the opportunity came along to add another another first baseman, DH type, to the roster?
1: Yeah, you know, I was surprised he, he didn't make it the first time, and we all were. It's you know, he was the, really the, the top performer among first basemen. For the entire first half, leading up to, you know, the injury he he suffered in Oakland, and and obviously I think that had an adverse effect here. You know, he he by war value the the WRC plus was north of 150 at that time, and so many positive contributions that he made, and and he was getting a lot of you know national play, and and I really do think that the big thing for Ty was that at at a time when the the voting was cresting and everybody was considering you know what to do with that team he was he was on the il and and that's unfortunate because i do think he deserves to be there and and frankly hope there's some outside chance that that he gets placed on the team
0: how do you think he's feeling since coming back I, i know he didn't play in the second game yesterday there seemed like maybe he was grimacing a little bit where is his health and his and his arm at
1: you know, we're just reliant on him communicating with us, and and I know yesterday, you know, he you could see it in his face that that he didn't feel quite right, and, and obviously since he's returned, it's you know it's not it's not Ty the the, the way we've seen Ty perform, and I I hope that, that he hasn't rushed back too quickly. Um, it's it's I know that there was a, an urgency on his part that is appreciated by everyone in that clubhouse that he wants to get out there and win. Uh, but you know, if, if he's not put on the All Star team, perhaps it's a it's a blessing, and the and the break will be good for him.
0: Meanwhile, uh, I know he didn't have a hit last night, although he hit the ball hard a few times. Kyle Lewis four home runs and in, in four straight games uh, in his minor league rehab. How is he coming along? I would think he must be close.
1: Yeah, other than a homer a day, which is roughly, you know, until yesterday, what he was doing on his rehab. My favorite part of what has happened is that he's posting and, you know, he played left field on Tuesday. He came back and he DH'd yesterday. And, you know, that's the big key. And, you know, if we, if we can envision the, the ability to do that with, with Kyle on our roster, it's just such a wonderful fit now with, You know, with Jesse, with Carlos, with Ty, and and hopefully, you know, in the not-too-distant future, Mitch back out on the field. It's just so pivotal that he played defense, and and he did it. And and he came back the next day, and he was in the lineup again, and that is incredibly encouraging.
0: So how will you know when he's ready?
1: Uh, Mostly when we see it happen, you know, a couple of times, where he can bounce back the next day and come in and get his DH day. You know, or just make it out there for five seven innings defensively and and come back in the next day and tell us he feels good because I, I will say that that Kyle has been very communicative and, and, and letting us know how he's feeling throughout and and that's key when when you're talking about putting players back on the field is you want to make sure that they feel and that is they're in a good headspace and, and feel like they are ready to contribute
0: so just so I understand so um, he he you know was obviously on the IL with the concussion symptoms. I assume once he's able to DH that means the concussion symptoms have have lessened. And you know when he was back before he was DHing before he got hit in the head. So is it now a matter of making sure the knee can handle playing the outfield and responding? Is is that what you're now you know trying to to check on?
1: Yeah, I guess you could say it's the knee, but more broadly, I would say his body. You know, right. through, during his first rehab. Kyle didn't play a lot of defense and in the brief time he was active again on the the major league roster he didn't play defense at all and and at that time we could absorb the idea of a DH who was going to play a couple times a week and and we but Kyle wants to be an everyday player and he has impact everyday skills and and right now with the formation of our roster especially after the acquisition of Carlos Santana The only way that type of playing time is available is if we mix in some defensive days and Mm. and we have to find out if his body is is able to do that right now. And we we weren't we weren't certain of that going in. and So far, so good.
0: How's Kelnick doing? Uh, I just see the numbers and I see some of the highlights. But what are you seeing in, in the reports on Jared right now?
1: Uh, Positive, you know. I mean, the the league player of the week this past week, and you know, he too has been on a real bender. He's he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball out of the park. And as is always the case, he's playing with intensity, and he's doing all the right things. I, I I could not be happier with the way he is. He has accepted some of the challenges we put in front of him, and he's performing.
0: For you, um, you know, you're here a couple of weeks now before the trade deadline. It's like just under three weeks. How can you, in your role, best support this roster right now?
1: However, we can. I, there's obviously, you know, and the Carlos Santana, you know, acquisition is is a, a good example. We just try try to stay in tune with what the roster needs, and and if that. Was not evidence enough that we, that we want to be in this, that we believe this is a good team. You know, we just go and, and and augment the roster however we can. Yeah, you know, it's it's just filling the holes as they as they pop up, you know, inevitably. And you know, fingers crossed, we have been, you know, very healthy on the pitching end, especially in the starting rotation. And and we're doing a lot of work on the market right now to try to determine if there is an opportunity to to add to our staff to to add that 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 arm that maybe relieves some of the pressure that that many of the other guys are. are are carrying right now our innings load that they're carrying that's probably the one you know obvious thing we can look at but uh, you know the market is still developing there's there's no certainty at this point to you know who's buying who's selling which players may or may not be available and and uh, still really kind of the infant stages and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know here despite the fact that we're two weeks from the, the trade deadline you know we're also in the in the throes of of our draft meetings. So a lot of teams right now are focused on the the amateur draft which mm-hmm. starts on Sunday and you know that's i I want to say in some way that is probably slowing down the uh the trade market to some degree.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you about that as well. Let me just sort of finish up here on the trade deadline. Um you know, it seems as if your team based on record, based on run differential, talent level, etc., would you just say that you're in a different position than you were last year at this time?
1: I just think we are we are now in control of our own destiny is the the easiest answer to the question you know we are in, in a in a wild card position. We have put ourselves in a position of relevance moving forward. And, and, you know, when we went to spring training, we thought we were a contender. And when we started the season, we believed in our ability to, to make it to the postseason. And, and I think that was mostly supported by, you know, third parties by, by the league at, at large, that, that we were, you know, considered a, a, a contending team. And, and now here we are in the middle of July and, and it took a lot of magic on the, part of our 26 players and our staff but we are in this position and, and we have to you know we have to consider all those factors i i don't know you know if we'll be able to do any more or any less than we than we did to add at last year's deadline Is i know the narrative gets lost we did add tyler anderson and diego castillo mm-hmm. and, and abraham toro and you know we and who played very well for us through the tail end of last year and we performed well so you know we're we're not looking to to uh to do any more than than what we did last year, but we'd like to do that, and if there is a chance to add impact, we will. I just don't know where that is.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's the question: Will there be high impact guys available? I mean, it, 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 from from sort of the reports on it, it doesn't sound like there will be as many high impact guys out there. But you know, you always seem to find somebody that no one is talking about. I mean. I think about some of your acquisitions over the years, whether it's Marco or Tyler Anderson or you know a few other guys. That they weren't necessarily rumors in the media that those guys were even available leading into it.
1: Yeah, I mean we've had our fair bit of conversation. You know, talk to, to multiple teams every day, and you know, keeping our ear to the street on what might be possible for us. But it's again, it's it's such a I a a slow market right now and it, and i do think that is more of a communication issue circling around you know draft room conversations and you know we're confident that that something will, will happen and this market will start to shift you know whether we are able to land impact there's been a lot of injuries around the league there's been you know and a lot of teams right now are playing very well so it's a you know it's a matter of teams that are in a playoff position those who are competing uh, and th- there might not be the, the the flush market that you've seen in years past. You know that remains to be seen.
0: Hey, what was your reaction to the uh, to the rainout the other day, and then having to play a split doubleheader before traveling to Texas? It really, it really felt like uh, I mean, I can't even believe that a team would have to fly three thousand miles just to play a two game series across the country. It's bizarre.
1: Yeah, it's not ideal. Right? And when the schedule came out, and we saw how many times we were crossing the country you know it's a it it certainly looks ominous we've dealt with this and we do you know every time we're playing interleague versus the national league east we deal with the extra trip east each year and you know it's just part of it you know it's it's part of playing in seattle and and one of the you know i guess one of the crosses that we bear and i don't think our players are, are are turned off by it you know once you get into the middle of the summer you're in that grind you just put your head down and you go Mm -hmm. and and frankly um you know i appreciate the fact that it it comes with the the all-star break you know within view so that we can just focus on these four games with the Rangers and know that on the other end of it, you're going to get a little bit of a break
0: physically. You know, last week, I remember you saying that, you know, it would be helpful. You're you're going to get Kyle Lewis and Mitch Hanniger back, and that that has sort of the impact almost of making big deadline deals. But I found myself thinking as Jesse Winker hit those two home runs yesterday that, A, he's been out for, for a week as well, and B, you know, you didn't get necessarily the full Jesse Winker in the first half. What would it mean for the team if he is, you know, the guy that had the 900-plus OPS every year in Cincinnati moving forward?
1: I mean, honestly, he has been for the last month or so, yeah. you know, and Sons, his his suspension, uh, he was he, he was as hot as Carlos Santana, <laughs> you know, throughout the, the – I guess from – you know, somewhere in early June until we sit here today, and and we did start to see you know, the real Jesse Winker, and you know, I, I, you see some differences in his swing right now, in his setup, and the way he's he's it's, he's always got a great approach, and, and is excellent in, in his pitch selection, but his swing looks so much easier than it did in the early season, and and uh, you know, Jesse Winker doing Jesse Winker things, uh, uh, a healthy Mitch Haniger, the impact of of Kyle Lewis. You know, sometimes it's easy and 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 it's fun to sit here and and talk about the different things you might be able to do in in going outside to find impact. That's big impact when you can add guys like Winker and Hanniger and Lewis to your mix. There's that that is how you create the biggest impact that we can.
0: What do you think of Matt Brash's uh, first couple of outings since returning?
1: The, the outing against the Blue Jays was phenomenal. And, you know, if that didn't give you uh, a, an insight into why it's exciting to have him in a role like this, and I don't know if you were watching. It was, uh, you know, the, the the combination of fastball quality, velocity, and breaking ball quality and location. You know, I was so proud of him for getting through that, that bat with Lourdes Gurriel, who was fouling off every nasty pitch you can imagine. But... Uh, brash has a chance to be a different maker difference maker down there and you know i think with what he's doing in combination with the others the the, the bullpen has been such a strength and you know yesterday's doubleheader aside where you know they really had to to step up and and i've, I've played in those and it's very hard to to, to do particularly what you all did but it's very hard to get your body going twice in a day like that and and uh you know kudos to the guys you know i thought matt did a great job of coming in against you know one of their best hitters and getting a big double play to, to preserve that lead and and he didn't bounce back as well in the in the second inning but that's part of it you know he has to learn how to get through those things but i think his mentality and his physical stuff really pop in this role and and i think he's having fun doing it you know he was he was very excited after that outing against toronto and 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 He's having fun, and part of why we're playing so well is we have 26 players that are having fun.
0: It is amazing how many guys you've got in your bullpen with good fastballs and nasty sliders. Uh, I mean, I, I assume when it's that many that that's what you're looking for in a reliever?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. We were in the draft room late last night. We were talking about the, the, the potential of, of uh, you know, a, a player's ability to hit a slider. And, and uh, I said, yeah, you know, just watching, if you watch our team, if you watch Andres Munoz and Matt Brash and Paul Seawalt and Diego Castillo and, you know, maybe the, the primary takeaway, even Robbie Ray and, and uh, George Kirby, the primary takeaway, when, when you execute, well above average sliders, nobody hits them. <laughs> and right now our guys are executing and, and we do, you know, I think every team in the league is looking for, for pitchers who have that special fastball quality who can spin a break ball. That's, you know, those are key elements in, in dominating the the zone in this league. And, and I think that, that we have done a very nice job organizationally of helping Young pitchers improve and especially improve their breaking ball quality.
0: I laugh every time I see a, a changeup these days. Oh, hey, look, there's a changeup. I forgot about those. Everybody just goes fastball, slider, fastball, slider. And you got some guys who really do it well. Sorry about the technology issues. I think we've got them fixed now. Next week, we promise to be better. Enjoy the all star break, and we'll talk to you then.
1: All right, Mike. Really yeah. appreciate it.